Welcome to Slants and Rants, the home of hot takes, arguments, and the right opinion about your favorite team. Now, here are your hosts, CTD and Vega. Yes, we are back. Slant and Rants podcast, CTD, alongside my tag team partner, Mr. Patrick Vega. After our bye week, the slow news is starting to pick back up, and the drama of the NFL offseason is starting to get juicy. But before we get into all the good stuff, it's been two weeks. So, Patrick, how you been in these two weeks? Christopher. How we doing, my man? Uh, I know. Last week we took we took a week off. You know, we took our bye week. We were both a little busy. It worked out perfect because not a goddamn thing happened in uh, the NFL. But I'm happy. I'll be even happier today if the Knicks could uh, tie the series up in the NBA. If not, you might see me on a bridge just jumping off, and you'll see me on the back of a milk carton saying I'm missing. So they better win. But other than that, I'm doing great, my man. How about you? Big game for my soccer team, Manchester United, today. So, all the listeners, you guys already know the outcomes of both of these games. So, you already know if we're pissed off or if we're happy as can be. Because we're recording this on Wednesday. The podcast will be out Friday morning. I need a win, man. I need a win bad. I need to, I need to see a trophy I, I raised. I, I hear you, man. Listen, listen I, the, the Knicks lost game one on stupid-ass floater. Julius Randle, our best player, had arguably his worst game of the season, which it just happens to be then. But I'm expecting a 30-point night from Julius tonight in a W today. I hope the best for you. I'm going to be working with a couple Knicks fans, so I know they're going to be riled up during the game. So it's always fun if there's a team that you don't hate. Like, I don't hate the Knicks. You know, I'm indifferent about them. There's a team that you don't hate and you're around a, a group of diehard fans while they're watching the game gets the energy nice you know if you hate the team it's annoying it's like yo shut the hell up but when you know when you you're indifferent about the team it's nice to to have a game you don't care about mean something there's nothing better than hearing a garden playoff crowd there's nothing better for nick there's nothing better than new york knicks madison square garden playoff crowd nothing could beat it nothing nothing the game two crowd's gonna be nuts especially after how game one ended and trey young the FU Trey, the FU Trey Young chance that we're getting tonight is going to be fantastic, and I can't wait. I'm going to be screaming at my TV, saying the same thing. So, let's go Knicks. Let's go Man U. Good day today. All right, now let's get into the football stuff because there's there's some juicy drama going on in the NFL, and it's with two huge stars. So we'll talk Aaron Rodgers a little bit later, but we got to start with the Julio Jones talk and. This is going to be split into two different conversations. We're going to talk the, in a moment, we'll get to the, the morale, not the morale, that's the wrong word. The right and wrong of what Shannon Sharp did on live television with his phone call with Julio Jones. But first, let's get into the football aspect of it, because this is a football podcast. We'll get into the media side in a moment. One of the biggest wide receivers in the league, one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen, wants out. And there was rumors about it before the draft. Rumors kind of died a little bit, and they have fired right back up since Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones live on television 
And they picked up a little bit for Julio was seen wearing a Dallas Cowboys sweatshirt. From a football aspect, we know he's gone, but who in the world can afford him? He's on a huge contract. What is the draft capital you're going to trade to get him? What is his value? And also, what are you going to get with Julio? Because look, I like Julio, but the guy's 32, 33 years old, only played like nine games last year, has never been known for being healthy. And as we always say, the best ability is availability. So from a football aspect, there's a lot to dive in here. So do you think Julio does get traded this offseason post June 1st? I don't see how he doesn't. I mean, again, I'm the type, if if a guy doesn't want to be there, why try and force a guy there? You know what I mean? Like, go get some capital. You've been hearing that they're saying they don't think they can get a first round for him. There's rumors out there, which obviously if you're the Falcons, you want. But again, like Chris said, Julio's 32 years old and he's very injury prone. Always is. Last year only had 51 catches, 771 yards and three touchdowns, which for an average receiver, that's a good year. But when you have the caliber of Julio Jones, you want him to be getting almost 100 catches like you're used to from him, 13 to 1,400 yards. The touchdowns, we know that's the biggest problem with him and the Atlanta Falcons. But I don't see how he's a Falcon next year. This guy clearly does not want to be there. So he's been for a few years yet. He hasn't wanted to be there. Like he's wanted out for a little bit now. Um, the Falcons have an emerging star in Calvin Ridley. He's obviously not Julio. Julio is Julio, but you have Calvin Ridley. You just drafted Kyle Pitts. I think I think it's personally time to cut ties with him and move. On. I know the talent that Julio is. We know he's a game changer. We've seen what he did in the Super Bowl. He literally was carrying the Falcons to a victory that they blew. But. There's times where if a player's not happy there, there's no there to me, there's no need to keep someone there who could become a cancer in the locker room. For the Falcons, obviously you want a first round pick. I don't think it's happening because of the things we've said. He is starting to creep up there in age. He's never been healthy and hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you don't get healthier as you get older as a football player. It's the opposite. You normally become more injury prone. So it's not great when a player who's already had injury problems is now getting up there in age, but let's be real. Falcons aren't winning anything this year. The bucks are the defending super bowl champions and they're still, they're bringing all their starters back. So they're the favorites of the division. The saints still have a good team besides, you know, not being crazy about the quarterback position and the Panthers are, are in a rebuilding phase too. The Falcons are not winning this year. That defense still needs multiple pieces. That line still needs help. Matt Ryan's up there in age, so who knows how many more years you're getting out of him. So for the best of both worlds, Julio wants to be in a win-now situation for the, the dwindling of his career, which I get and he deserves. And the Falcons want draft capital because they're not going to win anyway. They might, you know, they... They're going to be too good to have one of the top draft picks, you know, first, second, or third picks, but they're they're not going to be bad enough where holding on to Julio is like, we need this guy for the production. You have Calvin Ridley, you have Kyle Pitts, and those are two guys for your future. I just don't know what his value is, Pat. I don't know because he's the guy's one of the big name receivers, but the injuries, the contract, the age, 
what do you give up for Julio? That's this is why we're doing this, and we're not in the GM chair because that's the uh, that's the number one question. Again, you see people putting out like uh, fake fake trades and mock trades of like a second and a fifth and a second and something else. And it's like, man, that's all you're, that's all you're giving up for Julio Jones. That seems like a steal, but to me, it all depends on the situation he goes to. You know what I mean? Like if he goes to new England, which seems to be like the most, the favorite team right now, that does that make him a Super Bowl contender? No. And I'm sure Julio Jones wants to go to a team that's going to be a Super Bowl contender. You know what I mean? Um, Suppose that's one of his number one teams, the Patriots, but if he goes there, to me, it doesn't make him any, and I mean, it makes them better, of course, because their receivers aren't great. But with their quarterback situation, it doesn't put them over the top where you're like, you know what, they could take on Buffalo in the AFC East. There's other teams. You have like the Colts, the Chargers, the 49ers are another big one. I would love to see them in San Francisco. I mean, hopefully, if Trey Lance pans out, I mean, that, that could be a great, great duo. That's a team that, again, with Jimmy G probably starting this starting the year. And I would, if, I assume, I assume the 49ers will be a damn good team since they're getting all their healthy pieces back. Jimmy G back at quarterback. They should be competing for the division. So Julio there in San Fran with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Kyle Shanahan offense, which we've seen already what Julio can do in that offense. I think that's a team I would love to see him go to. But what do the foreign what do the 49ers have to give up? What do they have? They they don't have a lot of capital after they trade up to go to number three. I want to see Julio in a win now situation, but at the same time, like there's something about I know you're not gonna like this. There's something about the thought of watching Justin Herbert throw okay. a deep ball. I'm, I'm sorry. I like I can get behind that, but it, the the problem is this is how teams have to look at it. Because Julio, if you're going to invest in Julio, you're not thinking five years down the road. You're thinking right now. So the teams that need to be in the market for Julio are the teams where their Super Bowl window is these two, three years right now. The 49ers possibly are in a Super Bowl window right now, but they're also getting set for the future with Trey Lance. So that's why I look at a team like the Titans, where they could definitely use a big name like Julio at wide receiver. They did lose Corey Davis in the offseason, but their window is right now. I'm, I'm, I know I'm not crazy about Ryan Tannehill, but he's their starting quarterback right now and for the next few years. This is a team that is struggling to get over that hump. They are making the playoffs, but they can't beat the elite of the elite in the AFC. Maybe Julio is the difference maker. Maybe that's what puts them over the edge. They already have one of, if not the best run game in the league with Derrick Henry running the ball. You throw a real weapon like Julio on the opposite side of A.J. Brown, that's tough for a defense to stop. Then also, you know, cap-wise, I don't know every team's cap situation, so I can't say that I know if this would be a fit or not. Man, I'd love to see Julio in Baltimore. Love to see a true big number one. Then you have... um, uh, Rashad Bateman, and then Hollywood Brown as your your speedster. That is a fun one-two-three combo at the wide receiver position. I don't know what their cap situation is like, and they still have to pay Lamar, so I can't sit here and say, oh, it'll work out financially. 
But there are some spots of teams that are win now and could be one or two pieces away from being the legit contender for a Super Bowl that genuinely could be in on Julio Jones. I think the, uh, I think a team that we're missing here, I think a, a, a very dark horse team, I know their cap situation is really good. It's the Colts, man. You just got Carson Wentz. You know, you have Michael Pittman Jr. You have T.Y. Hilton. I mean, they're, Michael Pittman showed a lot of, a lot of promise last year. T.Y. is getting up there in age. So you could acquire Julio Jones and put him in that offense and get Carson Wentz a true number one. You have a great running game back there where the three running backs, I, I don't know if they lost one in the fridge, but you have Jonathan Taylor, who's your future running back now, who showed a lot of promise again at the end of the year last year. Uh, so I think the Colts would be a great, great fit. In, in AFC South, that's winnable for the Colts, that they should win. It's going to be them and the Titans, and I don't see how the – I think the Colts, to me, are the favorite in that division, especially with some of the pieces that the Titans lost this past year. So I think Julio and Indianapolis, sign me up for that. I'm all for that. When you look at their receiving core, T.Y. is only on a one-year deal. So it's not – and, and T.Y. is not the T.Y. of old. He is dwindling down on his career. Michael Pittman, although he does show promise, you're going to tell me you're going to you're not going to go for Julio because you want Michael Pittman to be on the field a little bit more when this is your window. But then outside of that, I mean, Paris Campbell hasn't done much. Who are their other weapons? They don't like their their tight ends aren't anything really crazy to call uh, to write home Doyle, about. baby. Yeah, we, you Boyle know, rules. Boyle rules. Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox, like, eh, you know, whatever. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not anything crazy. Those aren't like the craziest of weapons. I if Michael Pittman uh, progresses and shows a lot of progress next year, then those weapons look a lot better. But if if he doesn't and he kind of stays the same and has an okay year, those aren't the craziest weapons to compete with a high-powered Chiefs with a fast-paced offense like the Ravens who you know are quick on and off the field because they score quickly. There's some top offenses. Even the Browns offense, a very grind-you-down offense with a great run game, has two of the most dynamic receivers in the league on it. You need to have that quality at receiver to also compete and to complement your strong run game. And this is your franchise guy. You just put all your, your eggs in the Carson Wentz basket. You just traded your a top pick next year for him. Why not go and get him a huge number one, the best available wide receiver out there? I like what you're saying here with, with Julio to the Colts. That is a win-now team that a Julio could be a difference maker. A thousand percent. And the, and the Colts need that. The Colts need that going against a Pat Mahomes, a Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. You know, you need – that true number one that's going to set you apart to, to scare these defenses. Because again, I like Michael Pittman. I love T.Y., but you're, you're not scared of going against that receiving core in Indianapolis. So I think Julio in Indianapolis, to me, is the best fit, especially for, for him and for the team. Let's, let's get into the opposite side of this. And there have been some people who have commented on this, and some people – I just want to flat out say, if you thought it was like funny that Shannon Sharp called him on live TV, didn't tell him he was on live TV, then you're just a dork. It's as simple as that. 
Because that is rule number one. You tell a person if you are on the record or off the record. We learned that very early when we went to school for, for journalism, when we went to school in broadcast journalism. Shannon Sharp, I know his, his background is not in television. The guy is a Hall of Fame football player. But when you get down to it, even without the education, from a common sense standpoint, Shannon Sharp should know better that he knew exactly what he was doing and he knew he, he knew it was wrong. Because as a football player, he's been on in Julio's position where he gets calls from the media and he gets letters from the media and messages and they say it's on the record, off the record. So he knows that he should have let Julio know that he was on live TV, but he didn't want to tell him because he wanted to get the truth out and then tell him, which was so wrong. That is cardinal rule number one broken. And I like Shannon a lot. I'm not going to act like I don't like him. But from a from a personal standpoint, that's a big no-no, dude. Come on, man. That's just wrong to Julio. So my thing is, obviously, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent. Obviously, we went to school for this. We know the ins and outs of journalism off the record, like you said, on the record. My thing is, do we really think Julio didn't know? You know what I mean? Clearly, the, clearly the, Fo- the people at Fox had no idea. That we know because there's reports uh, saying that Fox is causing concern in Fox Sports. There's like, the interview calls a lot of like a lot of a lot of problems going on at Fox because of that interview. But again, obviously we're gonna act like Julio didn't know because as of right now he we think he doesn't. But do we think he didn't know and did this on purpose? I, I mean, I don't think he did. That's fine, but I, to me. You again, I'm not. You know, Shannon Sharp is in the media now. I'm not saying he watches Undisputed, which is, I think, on like nine to 12 or whatever the hell the time is, but you know, he's in the media. Like, and and the thing is, you hear Skip Bayless screaming in the background, too. You know what I mean? Like, asking about the Cowboys, asking about the Cowboys. Why do you wear the Cowboys sweater? So, like, to me, if it came out that Julio knew this whole time, I would not be surprised at all. Because to me, it's just too—it's just too easy to like. Come on, hey Shannon, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't think I want to be there no more. And, and Shannon's asking all these like personal questions of like, so where do you want to end up? And you have Skip Bayless yelling in the background like. And then at the end, Shannon says, "Oh, you know, we're on live TV, right?" Like, Shannon's a smart guy. Shannon's not an idiot. I feel like you know, if he was really doing that, he would have told him early in the interview, like. I just feel like there's something more to this than just Julio having no idea and saying he wants nothing to do there. And again, nothing, nothing wrong. Julio's end. He's we've known he stated his opinion. He doesn't want to be there no more. It's more on Fox, Shannon Sharp, and them. If that was real, that they did that to a, a player, any player, it doesn't matter who it is. Like Aaron Rodgers went on ESPN the other day with Kenny Mayne, his last episode, and just talked the whole thing out. I'm sure you could do the same thing with Julio Jones instead of doing the whole call on the phone thing. But it's TV. They're going up against first take. It's it's a ratings grab. Anything to grab a rating will spark interest. And it was all over social media. So that's where you gain your viewership. But again, if shame on Fox for them, if that was if that was actual real, shame on, shame on Shannon Sharp for doing that to Julio Jones and any other player that uh, 
you interview and walked out of a situation. This is why I don't think it was fake on Julio's end, because that is such a risk to do it in that aspect. Shannon Sharp's not dumb, but Julio's not dumb. He knows that Falcons are in trade talks. He knows they're fielding calls. They know he wants out. If he wants to leave, there's plenty of ways to publicly say that you want out. It's already out there that Julio could potentially be gone, whether he gets cut or traded, whatever it may be. If he did that on purpose, that's a bad look on one person, one person only, and that's Julio Jones. I'm not saying a team's not going to trade for Julio because of it, but it's definitely going to deter a team because that is pure locker room cancer activity. If you went on live TV, did that as a planned thing, that would look terrible on Julio. And I don't think Julio is that type of professional. I think Julio, he's always been a well-buttoned up professional. You very rarely hear from him. This isn't a guy who's always in the media. And look, like, I like Odell. I didn't, obviously didn't like him when he was in the Giants. The guy's always in the media. There was always stories about Odell, always stories about what he's doing, yada, yada, yada. You don't hear anything about Julio. Julio was always very low, very low key. You didn't hear much about him. So that's why I don't think he actually knew because that is a wild, wild way to try to get out of your football situation from a guy who's never acted anywhere near that. Like it just, it wouldn't make sense. So I, I hope that he didn't know. And then on the same time, I hope Shannon kind of knew what he was doing, or maybe he just pleads ignorance and didn't realize the, how big this would actually be if he did it. But this is to me, it's just flat out wrong. Like it's as a, as a football fan, you got to you got to know that agents are going to hold back their guys from going on on shows and stuff like that. I, one agent, I forget which agent it was, actually tweeted out this exactly why I don't allow my uh my guys to go on this show. As a as a viewer, it's it's less content we're getting. Oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the undisputed big time. On that end, of course, I'm sure ratings that day went through the roof. Social media was buzzing all over, but now it's like, oh, I have first take or the undisputed. Which one do I want to send them to? I'll also send them to first take with Stephen A. Max Kellerman because I know they won't get they they won't be done dirty in the sense of just being randomly called, asking random questions on a random Tuesday or whatever day it was, when it's not a professional interview that you set up. So I agree. I I I, I tweeted it out. I did not. I'm, I'm not. I, I hate that. I thought it was wrong. It, it should. It, no player should be put out in the open just like that and have no idea he's on national TV on a major channel with major people with a big following. Um, like, again, we know Julio wanted out. We've known this. We know we get it. But no one would like – no one wants to be just randomly called and you don't know who's around and you're just being put on blast in front of everyone. God forbid he said something worse. God forbid he said something worse. As a viewer, it would have been great. Like God forbid, he said, "I can't stand Matt Ryan." You know, uh, me and Matt, me and me and Matt Ryan don't connect, or something like that. God forbid, he said something like that. You would then he would have gotten ripped to shreds. So shame on Fox. Shame on Undisputed. Uh, I mean, I'm 
if the producers didn't know, I mean, if you if you're on live TV right there, you could you could stop it. There's ways you could stop it. We both work in TV. There, there's ways you could get out of that situation. Um, but if Julio didn't know, then shame on him. But from the looks of it, it looks like he had no idea. So shame on Shannon, shame on all of them in uh, in that production crew. From a from a TV standpoint, if the producers knew about it, huge shame on them. I would have to assume they didn't know about it, but you have to figure out a way to to steer away from that because you just know even if even if nothing came about that phone call, it was just a hey, how you doing? You doing all right? Cool, have a good day. Even then, the thought of what could be said that could go wrong outweighs the positive of the funniness of him calling Julio on live TV. And that's from a that's from a live TV standpoint. Putting someone on live television that doesn't know they're on live television, talking to someone that they're close friends with. If you called me and I didn't know I was on live TV, I'd start cursing like crazy. I'd be saying stupid stuff like, because that's how we talk to each other. If I knew I was on live TV, I wouldn't say any of that. So that's where it goes to the live TV aspect. No, but, but that's why, like, no, I'm not saying that Julio Jones cares anything. That's why it felt not, not that it felt scripted, but like, I, I don't know. To me, it's just too hard for me not to believe that he didn't know, man. I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, Grant, if you're that close with Shannon Sharp, which if Shannon can call you on the phone and start asking these random, like, important questions, it's like, you have to have some sort of a clue, man. I don't know. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I don't know, man. There's just something there that I'm like, that he had to have some idea. Yeah, I, I sit on the other side of the fence. I I think he didn't know at all, and uh, I hope he didn't know. Because if he did, then what a dumb way to try to get out of a team. But that's the thing. It's like, it could just be trying to stir the fire up even more to get him out even more. You know what I mean? It, you, you you talk you talk bad about the franchise. Not that he talked about a franchise, but saying he didn't want to be there no more. It's just another ployable way just to get out of a situation that you don't want to be in. It just shows the team that more and more that you shouldn't be able to keep him. It's like James Harden. James Harden did whatever he could. He showed up looking 100, 300 pounds out the strip club during COVID. You know, just not showing, doing, showing up late to practice and all stuff. And look what happens. Got traded to the Nets and bang. Granted, the NBA is a lot different. Star wants, star wants out, the star's going to get out in the NBA. And it felt a little, little different, but it's kind of like that situation. Do whatever you can, whatever you have to do to get out of a situation you want to be in. So maybe this, this, this was Julio's plan to be the final show to get him out of Atlanta. From one franchise guy who wants out of their their situation to another franchise guy who wants out of their situation, the franchise guy, the reigning defending MVP of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, was on SportsCenter with Kenny Mayne for his final episode. And a lot of people, I feel like there's kind of like a turn coming on Rodgers. He used to be really hated. I feel like people are starting to kind of like him ever since he started going on Pat McAfee's show. People started seeing his personality, realizing like he's maybe not that bad of a person. I think Aaron Rodgers is a little more likable uh, before I even get into the quote. Do you think like people are kind of starting to like him a little more? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I still don't know if he's a good guy. I mean, 
I would, yeah, I wouldn't go out and say he's the greatest guy in the world, but no, but people, I, mean, uh, I think people are starting to turn the corner on Rogers a little I, bit. I, I, he's definitely tried changing face in, the, in his his whole like personality in the media, going on being the host of Jeopardy for a few times, like you said on the McAfee show all the time. We know he has personality. He's been doing freaking State Farm commercials for how long now? Like the guy has personality. He shows on the field too. You know what I mean? Like he's not just a button up like closed-minded uh like suited guy he has a lot of personality we know that it's just does it come off douchey or does it come off good and recently he's been coming off as a more like you said a more likable guy that people actually oh you know Aaron Rodgers and again people are always going to side with not everyone but people with logic will always side with the player over like the big corporation the business and so the fact that Aaron Rodgers wants out, people are getting excited about that. So I think that works in his favor too. Listen, Denver, Colorado is beautiful, buddy. Your wife, Shailene Woodley, is always there supposedly. Actress. Why not? Just tell me, I want to be in Denver. Granted, it's not up to you. It's up to the GM. But clearly, you don't like the GM, buddy. Clearly, that's the guy you want out. That's the one guy you want out because you can't stand the guy, clearly. And then you made it Pretty clear on that final uh, Kenny Maine's Sports Center edition that you don't want him there anymore. And you went all around. You made left, right turns to get to that part. But from that interview, that's what I took from was that you don't like the GM and you want him out to change the culture. Here's a quote from Rogers from the interview. He says, quote, with my situation, look, it's never been about the draft pick picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. We had a lot of fun working together. Love the coaching staff. Love my teammates. Love the fan base in Green Bay. An incredible 16 years. It's just kind of about a philosophy and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. End quote. There's two people he didn't name there. That's the owner. That's the GM. And the owner ain't going anywhere. The, the, whoever owns Green Bay, I think it's owned by multiple people. Whoever owns Green Bay ain't going anywhere. No. He wants the GM gone. Like that quote, He he. if he had time, he probably would have went on. I love the water boy. I love the guy who works the concession stand right over the 30-yard line. I love the guy who spills the beer every time he walks down row 13. He could have named every single soul that ever steps in Lambeau Field. And he would have left out one person. That's the Packers GM. That's who he wants out. That's exactly who he wants out. What's the Packers GM name? We got to look this guy up. Hold on here. Yeah, no, what a great football podcast we are. I can't even think of the guy's name. Oh, I can't. I can't say this guy. Brian Gutenist. Yeah, whatever. I mean, listen, you might not have a job in a few weeks, buddy, because, again, if you're the owner of the Green Bay Packers, who are you going? Who are you signing with? Your MVP? Hall, future Hall of Famer quarterback or a GM who has been hasn't been doing terrible but hasn't been doing great you know he hasn't gone full out for what Aaron Rodgers wants and needs and guess what in a sport where a, the quarterback is a number one position you get whatever your quarterback wants look at Tampa Tom Brady wanted Gronk they got Gronk Tom Brady wanted Antonio Brown they bought an Antonio Brown Leonard Fournette got released. We'll bring in Leonard Fournette. You know, they bring in Gronk last year with when they already had Cameron Bray and OJ Howard. It's like, do we really need a tight end? 
off of, and a tight end that hasn't played in the year. But we'll bring Gronk in anyway. And the best part is all the moves that Tom Brady wanted all panned down the Super Bowl. All of them scored. Antonio Brown had a touchdown. Gronk had two. Leonard Fournette had a touchdown. So you have to cater to your quarterback. They are divas. We understand that. We know that. Everyone knows that quarterbacks are divas. But guess what? They're the reason your franchise is going to be successful. And the Packers have been successful because of Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Packers have never been a, a, a team, an organization that spends a lot of money in free agency and stuff. They're usually good drafted and stuff. But last year, not this past draft, the 2020 draft, you draft Jordan Love with your first pick, which no one, no, no one, no one understood. Instead of getting one of the high end receivers that were in that class, you have a, you have a, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams there. Great one-two punch. You draft A.J. Dillon in the second and third round from Boston College. Granted, I understood that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are both free agents possibly coming up, but again, you're drafting positions that you're you're pretty good at that you could have probably drafted out a little later. You know what I mean? Um, so clearly this GM and Aaron Rodgers did not like each other. There's a lot of angst there. There's a lot of uh, a lot of problems going on there. So the Packers have a decision on their hands. Get rid of the, the GM, Brian Gutzenis, I think his name is, <laughs> or you get rid of your future Hall of Famer quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. You already had a bad break. Not, it, was a, it was a bad breakup with Brett Favre. I mean, you had Aaron Rodgers in the wing, but is Jordan Love the same, same thing as Aaron Rodgers? No, he's not. And then to me, nowhere near it. So... We'll see. I hope he gets traded, obviously, to Denver. There's not much else for me to say on that end. We know we know I want him to Denver, but it's going to be really interesting, especially after that June what's it, June 1st, right? June 1st or June 2nd. Yeah, June, or 1st, June, 3rd, June 3rd. One, one, one of the first three days. It's the first two days in June where the cap, the, the, cut, the, the cap hit won't be as hard if you trade him or get rid of him, so – Let's see. Let's see who wins this battle of chicken here between the GM and Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about Rodgers a lot, so we don't need to spend, you know, hours talking about things we've already said before. But we're going to find out within the next week or two what the deal is with Rodgers. If he's going to be there, if he's not going to be there, there's a my personal opinion. I think both guys are still technically there next year, but who knows if Rodgers even shows up when you. When you have that much money, obviously money is a factor. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play for free, but him and before Deshaun Watson had all the legal stuff and it was said like, oh, if he tried sitting out for the entire year, it'd be huge financially. When you already have money and you're that unhappy, sometimes the money ain't worth it. Well, and clearly for Aaron Rodgers, he could clearly do other things. His wife's, yeah. a, movie, his wife, his wife's a movie star. I'm sure he can get some cameos in a movie or something uh he, he was literally just host, hosting jeopardy which i'm sure he got paid pretty good for and they were saying maybe they should make aaron if he doesn't play maybe they'll make him the full-time host so aaron Rodgers clearly has other endeavors he could dive into it it's not it's not some c-level quarterback that we lost you know what i mean it's aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks ever played the game so he'll be perfectly fine um but we'll see and it's, it's, and it's interesting to me that he went on the show and actually fully talked about the whole thing like like it was open and nothing. But before we get into our, our last topic, just one last thing on this. 
it is interesting that he talked about it. And I think it's because it's like, you know, the cat's out of the bag now. Every Everybody knows. Like, it's not, it would be the ultimate elephant in the room if they just completely ignored it. He almost had to. But you mentioned Rodgers. Uh, Jordan Love isn't, you know, the same situation as Aaron Rodgers. And it, I'm happy you said that because people forget in that draft when the 49ers were picking first, it was, are they going Rodgers or are they taking uh, Alex Smith? And they took Alex Smith and Rodgers was the number two quarterback in that draft. And all those teams, all those 20 something teams after the 49ers thought they had their guy. So they didn't go quarterback. So that's why Rodgers fell so far. Jordan Love wasn't the number two quarterback in the draft last year. And it wasn't like, oh my God, we we didn't think Jordan Love was going to be here. We have to take Jordan Love. No, you took him because you're you're thinking you're outsmarting it. Oh, the last time we had Brett Favre and we drafted Aaron Rodgers and we sat him for a few years and then it worked out. No, stop it. It was a completely different situation. The number two quarterback in the draft made it to pick 20-something and you knew there's no reason we shouldn't take this guy and sit him for a few years because this guy is going to be a star. Jordan Love threw like 14 or 16 touchdowns his final year in college at, U- at Utah. Come on now, Utah State. Yeah, Utah State. He was not very good. If you ask people I work with, they said he was not He was not very good. Um, so I'm not expecting big things from Jordan Love. I mean, I hope so. I don't want to see anyone do bad. But, again, we'll see what happens in the situation after this June. Uh, we'll see if the trade rumors amp up or someone lo- – or the general manager loses his job in the uh, next coming weeks. But Chris, the most important thing that happened this past week in news, honestly, has nothing to do with the NFL, but we could bring it back to the NFL level. So I'm going to hit the breaking news down, even though it came out yesterday, just because we haven't heard it in a while. So the Food Network. Yes, the Food Network, we said. Yes, the Food Network has signed, re-signed. I guess you want to say re-signed, right? It'd be re-signed. 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 Guy Fieri, the legend himself, Guy Fieri, to three years, $80 million. Let me repeat that, ladies and gentlemen. Guy Fieri, the guy on Diners, Driving and Dives, you know, that legendary show, has re-signed with Food Network. For three years, $80 million. Before, before I let Chris jump in and give his thoughts, at $26.6 million annually, he would be the 15th highest paid player in the NFL. More than arguably the greatest football player we've ever seen in Tom Brady. Khalil Mack, a former defensive player of the year. Arguably one of the greatest defensive players we've ever seen in Aaron Donald. Julio Jones, who we're just talking about. Mr. Fame himself, Odell Beckham. Jalen Ramsey, Amari Cooper. The list goes on and on. Guy fear you are a legend. And I saw people like, oh, you know, he just works on TV, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. This guy, one, he's a great chef. Two, he probably has the one of the most popular shows that Food Network will never get rid of that show because guess what? That show could just keep changing. It doesn't, it's just not, it doesn't have to be repeats. 
there's always small town restaurants he can go to, little mom and pop shops, or these places that just open up he can go out and try. That show will always be relevant. Always be relevant. And it helps a lot of people traveling. All these places, Pete, you see him on the show? He hits three spots in one episode. Oh, man, I want to go to California and try this place here. I want to go to, oh, I'll never go to Utah, but you know what? There's that chicken place in Utah I'd love to go to or something. So I commend this man. I want to give him a hug because this is legendary status right here. He well-deserved. Well-deserved. So before I get into the, the greats of Guy Fieri, I do have to say, not going to mention names or places, but one of my one of my boys, Guy Fieri, went to his restaurant, and they ended up not shooting because it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you off camera why. It's not nothing personal, no hard feelings. Like it wasn't anything bad, nothing bad about the restaurant, just a little technicality. So they ended up not shooting. So, so you know, a little little upset about that because you know it's my boy, whatever. But on a on a good note, Guy Fieri. Not only great chef, not only super entertaining, but you forgot to mention, he's just a straight-up good dude. Like, what he's done during the pandemic, the the amount of money he's tried to help restaurant workers and the money he's raised to help them, the people he's called out, he straight-up called out Jeff Bezos for saying that he was going to donate and never donating. Like, love that. You know, call call someone out. You know, call him out on... Uh, I'm being a fraud. Then also, like he's just a good duty. Do you remember when um this is a few years ago when he like officiated like like a hundred gay weddings or something like that in yeah. Florida, like in Miami? Like, like the guy's just a really good dude. The guy's a legend, man. Besides the fact that I think he's a Raider fan, I'm pretty sure. Which yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. But that's all right. I could deal with that. You know, I'm just happy this man got paid. He deserves it. Listen, there's nothing better at 1, 2 in the morning when you're up and there's nothing on TV. You just put on Food Network and just a marathon of diner diving and drives. And there's nothing better. There's nothing better. Hell, when I went to, when I was traveling for work and I went to San Diego, I think it was my, fir- my first trip, actually, like going far. They find me out to San Diego. I'm like, oh, I have to, let me look up a spot. That's what I used to do when I was traveling. I used to look up spots that he went to. So this place called Hodad's, this burger spot. I went there. Burger was fantastic. Onion rings, fantastic fries, fantastic. Couldn't finish it. So it's, what's weird is very spooky. I go back to the hotel. I put on, happened to put on Food Network. That episode was on of that place, Hodaz, in San Diego. It was so creepy. Creepy. Like, I literally was just there a half hour ago. I walk in and it's on. It's very weird. But it's just funny how TV, TV will always pay their stars. TV will always make sure the stars are taken care of. And I'm happy for him. He deserves it. He's a legend. Much deserved, Guy Fieri. You go get that bread, baby. Keep bringing us that great content. F you for saying go get that bread. F you. Oh, shut the hell up. You're such a little baby. Oh, F off on that. Oh, make your money, Guy. Come on. Make that money. I'm sure he has enough already, but I I just just love how they tweeted it out. A three-year deal worth eighty million dollars, twenty-six point six annual. <laughs> awesome. awesome. It's like it's like he's gonna start playing shortstop for the New York yeah, Mets or something. Yeah, like, I'm no, I'm in, I'm in. breaking news: we've signed Guy Fieri, three years, eighty million dollars. Yeah. My man, my man just signed those. Like, you know, remember like that? I think it was like maybe two, like maybe three, four years ago. 
all those random NBA players were getting paid like Timothy Mozgov got yeah, like Mozgov 70 million. Was, was getting paid like you had all these random people just getting paid, and you're like, what the hell is going on? And this is what it feels like. Granted, yeah. he's better than Timothy Mozgov, but former Nick, by the way, former Nick legend, Timothy Mozgov. Speaking of the Knicks, we'll bring this full circle. Pat, good luck tonight with your Knickerbockers. Chris, right back to you. Good luck with Man U. Hopefully they win the Europa Cup. Europa League uh, Europa. final. You know, maybe yeah. actually, maybe next year guys actually make the UEFA Cup. Maybe how about that one? So they're they're in they're in Champions League next year already. Be okay. nice if they won it all. That that would be nice. I can only imagine how happy you'd be. Guess what? That ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Knicks ain't winning the NBA Finals this year, but as long as we beat the Hawks, I am very happy. Ladies and gentlemen, as we always say, like, subscribe. I, hopefully, I, we think the episodes are going to be fine now. 14, 15 randomly popped up out of nowhere on everyone's phone. So, like, subscribe, five-star reviews, get those numbers up. We love you all. Slants and rants. Chris, I'll see you tomorrow at the Met game, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. LFGM. And here we go. You've been listening to Slants and Rants with CTD and Vega. Please leave a like, rate, and review. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Slants Rants Pod. Until next time, don't forget to shake them.